Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and verse 18. I'll read from the Amplified Classic. And I tell you, you are Peter, which in Greek is Petros, which means a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Greek, which is Petra, a smaller rock, I will build, or sorry, a huge rock. So one is large rock, the other one's a huge rock. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, or I've jokingly said the Bill Gates of hell, The powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. As the word prevail that we see in other translations actually means that it will not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or to hold out against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Amen. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Or the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or declare lawful on earth must be already loosed in heaven. Or whatever you bound on, bind on earth shall be bound. And that word means to declare to be improper and unlawful. That means to stop. Not permit. And then also, whatever you loose or permit or declare lawful on earth. So you can see when we're talking about lawfulness, unlawfulness, something, there are things that are unlawful. What does that mean? It's against God's law. We, having the keys of the kingdom or the authority, right? We have the power and the authority to bind and to loose. That means to stop or to to permit bind means to stop or to declare unlawful and improper so when we see things that are that do not like line up with the word of god we have the authority to speak up you see when you speak with authority it makes religious people nervous it, it really makes them nervous and then, and then immediately they start saying well you know what the bible says you shouldn't judge no we can judge we have to be able to judge things that are not lawful that are not in line with the word of god so foundation of our authority and i'm speaking to you about authority the foundation of our authority has to deal with understanding and submitting to the word of god right the keys that's authority right keys represent authority we have been given authority we have been authorized And the word for authority in the Greek word is a word exousia, which means power of attorney. So it actually is a legal term. And power of attorney. Attorneys can't do anything, well, shouldn't be doing anything unlawful if if things actually worked. But we know that, of course, in the kingdom of God, everything works properly because God backs it up. Because he's a righteous God. There's no shadow of turning in him. No darkness in him. 
Amen? Amen. So, when it comes to God's word, God's law, because whatever he has spoken is law, right? We need to understand God's word and God's law, and we have to be submitted to it. Because you cannot operate in authority unless, first and foremost, you are in submission to God's word. And that brings me back, that brings me now to James chapter 4, verse 7, which is our second important foundation of scripture concerning walking in power and authority. Authority is, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You notice submission comes first before resistance. The reason the church hasn't had much resistance or restraint against darkness and demonic agendas is because they ha- they're not submitted to the word of God. They're submitting instead of submitting to God's divine authority. They want to submit to man. Do you understand me? I mean, when this whole 15 days to slow the spread began, which will be almost two years now, I stood here and I said, this will not end in 15 days. We're going to stand for the word of God. We're never going to shut this church down. This, the only time that this church closes down will be at the rapture. Amen. We're not going to close the church down ever. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll, we'll take precautions. We'll do whatever it takes in the natural. We'll preach the word. We'll equip people also spiritually. But we're not shutting anything down. Because I said this will not end with 15 days. Because I know how tyranny works. And so, but then you see much of the church, instead of submitting to God's word, which says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, even as you see the day approaching. Watch the, which day? The day of the Lord, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's really talking about the end times. It's one of the signs of the end times. Amen. That people will forsake gathering together, and mainly because of fear, because of deception. Right? You understand that? So we have to submit to God's word. If we're going to walk in authority, we have to be submitted to God's word. Because we also have to know God's word. Because how do you bind and how do you lose? How do you know what to bind and what to lose? How do you know that we have authority to bind sickness and disease and lose healing on people? Because you hear the religious church pray, actually thinking... Believing that God gives people sickness and disease to teach them a lesson. And if that's what you believe, if that's your core doctrine, how in the world are you going to operate in authority to bind and take authority over sickness and disease? Declare it to be unlawful and do not permit it in your life, right? And take authority over it, right? If you don't know God's word about the demonic operations... How demon spirits operate, evil spirits operate. Because now you got this liberal church, you know, the sons of the Sadducees. You got the Pharisees on one side, the legalistic kind that love money. But you got the Sadducees on the other side, the intellectuals who don't believe in the power of God, who don't believe in the supernatural. So we have a lot of Sadduceeism in the church today as well. Because they didn't believe in angels or resurrection or anything supernatural. So they don't believe in the supernatural. It's all intellectualism. Everything is intellectualized. And then, of course, you know, when they, it's a mental illness. No, it's actually a demonic oppression that needs to be broken by the power of the blood of Jesus and by the power of the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Right? Right? 
Then go with me to Matthew chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16. And let's look at what, how, how Jesus defined the gospel. Verse 15, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So you can see preaching of the gospel and, and these are, this is a conjunction that brings together the next part of what Jesus is defining as the gospel. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. This is tied to preaching the gospel. As you're preaching the gospel, which is the good news, which is the word of the kingdom of God, you're going to come in opposition of the other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness that's holding people in bondage. And you're going to need to be dealing with demonic powers. You're going to have to do deliverance. You're going to have to take authority over demons, cast them out. Not counsel them, cast them out. When the church is sending people that have demonic oppression that needs to be broken and devils that need to be cast out, when they send them to a psychiatrist to get them under medication, that's not the gospel. We have authority over these demon spirits. And then it says, and they will speak with new tongues. That's what happens in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking with tongues. What's, what, what is it about speaking in tongues? It is a sign of supernatural empowerment. It is a sign that you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me. And then when the power came on them, they spoke in tongues. Because when that power, the dunamis power came, that inherent power and filled them, that was an outworking. That was a sign. Okay? If somebody tells you, well, I, you know, I've done this, I've, show me the sign. What is the sign? Well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the sign? The sign is the empowerment of the supernatural new tongues. They are able to speak with new tongues. So that is a part of our authority. And that is a part of the gospel. Because it is a sign of supernatural empowerment. These signs shall follow. They will speak with new tongues. So new tongues is a sign. Okay? So the church that is empowered should have signs. Signs. Oh, they're casting out demons. Signs. They're speaking with new tongues. Okay? Not just that metal sign on the door. Or the big billboard sign but an actual sign of something that's within not the sign on the on the building but the sign of you as a building that you've been filled and there's a sign and we can see the sign this is what separates the real church from the fake church they will take up serpents what does that mean taking up a serpent picking up a snake with your hand That's power. That's authority. To be able to take up a serpent, that means you're in charge. You are in charge and you're subduing demonic things. If they drink anything deadly, or if they sniff a virus that's deadly to point 
with a 99.9% of survival so deadly but it's a smart virus you know when you sit down and remove the mask at the restaurant it doesn't attack you it just kind of goes over your head but if you stand up to go to the restroom because it I think it floats about five feet above so you know if you're below five feet if you're six feet apart maybe below that's six feet whatever That little tiny one cell, it's not even a cell actually, a virus is not even really a living organism. It's just a protein en enveloped in a lipid casing. That little tiny, it, it, brain power is even smarter than most people. It's just such a smart virus. But if you drink anything deadly, sniff anything deadly, inhale anything, it will by no means hurt you. Or kill you that's another sign of the supernatural church supernatural protection and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover so you can see there's authority over sickness disease there's authority over demonic things and the serpent represents deception lies propaganda they will, they will know how to handle the serpent's tactics. They won't believe that. See, because the devil has no authority over the church unless the church gives the devil authority. And he usurps authority through deception. He came into the garden, deceived Eve, and that's how he was able to usurp authority. He had no authority. Adam and Eve had delegated authority. And their authority only worked as long as they were submitted to the word of god do not eat of that tree for the day you eat of it you will surely die and they said no we don't believe that we will eat of the tree because we think we'll be like god and we'll gain wisdom by it and they received and believed the deception and then they allowed the devil to usurp authority and in, instead of being under god's dominion mankind fell under the devil's dominion that's how this whole thing came about so taking up serpents or handling serpents is the authority to recognize and to speak against with authority against deception so when we speak against deception a lot of people are, well you know you're just a pastor you shouldn't get involved in politics you know and and and, and, and then you shouldn't really talk about that stuff you know politics you shouldn't get involved in politics and, and you shouldn't judge brother Bible says a spiritual man judges all things and cannot be judged by carnal people why because they're under deception I'm not I see right through it I see it clearly see another way you speak see authority when Jesus spoke they saw what manner of man is this he speaks with such authority see part of our authority is not just binding the devil and casting out the a big part of our authority are the words that we speak authority is communicated by words that's why Jesus recognized that the Roman centurion had greater faith than all those in Israel because this 
man came to Jesus, said, my servant lies sick and tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He says, no, you don't need to come. Just say a word. For I am a man under authority. I'm a commander of 100 men. I tell them, go, and they go. Do, and they do. If they don't, there's a price to pay. And I am also under authority. And I have men under my authority. I understand authority. And my commander gives me a command. I take your troops and go. I go. I understand authority. You don't need to come. You just say one word. And Jesus marveled. said, wow. I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Why? These are the people who have the word of God, but they don't have any authority. Because number one, they don't understand it. They don't recognize it. They don't submit to it. Because they were unsubmitted, they didn't have authority. So if you want to walk in authority, you're going to have to be in submission. Which I'm going to talk about submission. Because you cannot speak about authority without speaking about submission. And that is one of the biggest problems I see with people. They're not submitted. And I'll talk about the different levels of submission. And the different levels of authority. So this centurion, who was not even a Jew... Had such great faith because he understood authority. Say one word. And Jesus spoke a word. And at that very moment, the Bible says, the centurion's servant was healed. Great faith. Because he understood authority. He understood submission. Amen. Hallelujah. Say authority. Say submission. Now go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. An important foundational chapter on understanding these things. <coughs> Spoke about the serpent, which is deception. Serpent represents the forked tongue, the double talk, the deception, deceptive talk. Truth and Lies intertwined together. Wickedness. Wicked. Do you know what the word wicked means? You know, like a, what a wicker. It's two things that are intertwined together. There's usually some element of truth intertwined and integrated and twisted together with lies. That's why it's so hard to recognize for many people because they don't know the word. They believe anything they hear. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Disobedience. Another word would be unsubmitted. Because you have to submit to the word of God to obey the word of God. Somebody who doesn't obey God's word is not submitted to the word of God. They are disobedient to the word of God. Among whom all, also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. But God. I like that. Somebody say, but God. Who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, dead in Adam, dead in his deception, part of that rebellion 
that high treason made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus this is our spiritual positioning this is the source of our authority that we are positioned at the right hand of the father at the place of authority because Christ in his death burial resurrection he ascended on high there was his ascension and then he was glorified and he was exalted he was given the name which is above every name that at the mention of that name every knee bows every tongue confesses that he is Lord he is master he is the head over the church and all things have been placed under his feet that means the lowest part of the church the body the feet even has authority over everything that is named and everything not only that is named on earth but everything that's named under it which is the demonic realm so we have authority because of our positioning in Christ this is the believers authority but it's a result of submission those who are disobedient and unsubmitted can't be seated together with Christ in heavenly places and here's what happens let me tell you something now there's a saying and it has of course some truth to it but listen to me carefully now we take listen because we talk about Christians let's go to the cross you don't go to the cross every day we we don't take Christians to the cross we have to take Christians to the throne we take the world to the cross that you can't go to the throne before you pass to the cross first so those who haven't come to the cross we bring them to the cross that's what preaching the gospel is but Christians we're not keeping them on the cross we're not even keep, keep, keeping them in the tomb or outside of the tomb they're not just outside on the outside of the tomb looking into an empty tomb we have to understand that we've been raised up together with Christ just as he is so we are so we are seated together at the right hand of the father in heavenly places that's where I have to take Christians to walk in victory and authority cross is a place of defeat the throne is a place of victory I think I just blew somebody's religious theology out the door but hey that's fine take me to the cross take you even hear songs take me to the cross no 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 no. Take, let's go to the throne that's the place where we have intimacy with the Lord cross is the place of sin where sin was judged why do we have to go to the cross every day once you've been forgiven you become a new creature in Christ all things are passed away behold all things are made new now you have to understand who you are in Christ walking in your authority now you have been empowered it is you you have to reinforce that authority it's not up to God it's up to us he's done all he needs to do at the finished work of the cross once we have received that we have received the righteousness of God in Christ we've been made righteous and we've been not only glorified and exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places together with Him, right? Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, watch this now, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And please stop saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Because you're identifying yourself as a sinner. You, because that's in the present tense. You need to say, I was a sinner. I am saved by grace, and I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. That's what's going to empower your authority. Because if you keep seeing yourself as a sinner, you come under condemnation. And you're going to think, well, I'm just a sinner. I, I can't overcome this sin. I'm just a worm. I am weak. I am sick, sad, busted, and disgusted. And I can't rise up and do anything. I'm just so, and it becomes an excuse. And the devil wants you to embrace that lie. And then the serpent comes and bites you instead of you handling the serpent saying, no. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I am seated together with Christ in heavenly places. I have authority. And this is a lie from the pit of hell. I cast you out. There's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I am, I'm a man of faith and power i'm a woman of faith and power and then i'm walking in authority i have a divine calling i have this treasure in an earthen vessel i am an overcomer i am more than a conqueror in all these things because i've been empowered i'm filled with the holy ghost amen come on somebody you just start speaking the word of who you are in christ and stop making excuses Never ever say again, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You can't be a sinner and saved by grace at the same time. You've got to understand that. That's a forked tongue right there. That's a serpent's lie that's coming to church. Yes, you're saved by grace, but you're not a sinner. You combine those two, it's a serpent's lie. And I have found that that mentality... That religious mindset is one of the main reasons why Christians walk in failure and defeat. They don't exercise authority. They don't know how to exercise authority because they just think they can't exercise. They don't have any power. They don't have any authority because I'm just a sinner. You were a sinner. You were in the kingdom of darkness. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And you've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You've been brought out of darkness. You've been brought into the light. You've been brought out of bondage, failure, and defeat. You've been brought into victory. Come on. You've been brought out of the curse into the blessing. You've been brought out of poverty and lack into the blessing and provision and prosperity. You've been brought out of sickness and disease into healing and health. You've been brought out of being weak and powerless into being empowered and strong. You've been brought out of being under the devil's dominion to having dominion over him. Come on. He's under your feet. He's under defeat because he's defeated. And that is your authority. You have to speak like that. Remember what I told you. Words. Words. Authority is attached to your words, what you speak. Do not give authority to the devil and to circumstances by speaking them. Take authority over them. Rebuke them. And speak with authority God's word. There has to be authority in your words. If religious people aren't getting nervous and upset and offended with you, and saying things like, who do you think you are, then you're not speaking with authority. Because when you begin to speak with authority, people will freak out. They'll be like, 
What do you mean? When you say stuff like that virus will never touch me. How can you say that? I can say it. When you say stuff like, oh, I'll never have poverty and lack. How do you say that? Because I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. He, open, look, he opens to me his heavenly treasure. Pours me out a surplus of prosperity. He is my shepherd. I shall not lack. And they're like, huh? Because there has to be a sign of authority in your words. Well, you know, when I get around those people, I just, you know, I kind of don't say things like that because they don't like it. What do you say? Will you just agree with them? If you agree with them, because whatever you agree with has dominion over you. Whatever you agree with rules over you. Don't agree with it. Don't agree with fear. Don't agree with depression. Don't agree with lack. Don't agree with these things. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. But you cannot resist the devil until you submit to God. That's the problem. Many Christians, they're binding the devil. You know the devil's already been bound like a billion times already today. Halfway into the day, the devil's been bound. You got people, I bind you devil. But he's still loose walking around, running around. You mean the devil, like you bound Lucifer himself? The prince of darkness, you actually bound him? No. You bind, you can't bind the devil. You bind specific spirits that are coming against you. I bind the spirit of fear that's attacking my mind. I bind the spirit of poverty that's attacking me. I bind the spirit of infirmity. You have to bind specifically. You can't just bind the devil. Jesus is going to bind him for a thousand years when he comes back. He's still loose. The serpent is on the loose. But the serpent is defeated. Because Jesus triumphed over him. Making a spectacle of him. Put him on display as a defeated foe. So I'm, today I am putting Lucifer himself on display before you publicly as a defeated foe. He is defeated. <laughs> Devil, you are a loser. You've lost. We put you on public display today. We're exposing who you are. You're the father of lies. You're a murderer. You're a cheat. You're a deceiver. We expose you. We expose those who serve you. And that's a part of walking in authority. By grace, you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Is this helping anybody here today? So, so you have to recognize what's unlawful. It's unlawful for me to be poor. It's unlawful for me to be poor. It's against... How do I know? I know. Because I know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. Who? 
was very rich, but for my sake became poor so that I may be made rich through his poverty. I know the grace. It's unlawful for me to be poor. It's unlawful for you to be poor. It's unlawful for you to be sick. It's unlawful for you to be depressed and oppressed. These are unlawful operations. By demonic infiltration and deception that is coming over you to oppress you, to depress you, and eventually even to possess people. Somebody said, can a Christian have a demon? A Christian can have whatever he wants to have. <laughs> if a Christian wants a demon or two or three or four, can have as many passengers as he wants. You keep entertaining the wrong thoughts. You keep speaking the wrong words. You keep listening to the wrong people. You keep doing the wrong things. You'll have plenty of them. They'll come and attach themselves to your body and to your soul. They can't possess your spirit, but they will try to possess your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And they'll try to attack your body. That's what a spirit of infirmity is, something that it's like a thief that breaks into the house. You're still in the house, but there's a thief in the house. Take that thief and throw him out. It's an unlawful entry. They are trespassing. Do not tolerate these things. unlawful activities you bind them you decree and declare them to be unlawful in the name of Jesus this activity is unlawful and I'm exposing it I'm binding it I'm putting a stop to it in the name of Jesus get out because I mean how much longer are you going to tolerate these things We'll counsel you. We'll try to help you pray with you lay hands on you but at some point you have to begin to exercise your own authority that has been given to you in Christ. Because I can't be with you 24-7. I can't monitor everyone's thoughts here. You have to monitor your own thoughts. You have to watch your own words. You have to take authority over the thoughts that come that are contrary to the word of God. Because they are unlawful. And then there are unlawful activities in the church. People come in to do unlawful things. I'm not talking about committing a crime. I'm just talking about unlawful. They're out of order. And we bring them to order. And when we bring them to order, because they, if they want to submit, change, repent, get right with God, they can submit, they can be blessed. And then, because you can't walk in authority until you first submitted. And submission can't be forced. It's an attitude of the heart. There has to be a willing submission. We can't make people submit. But there has to be an attitude of submission in the heart of a man or a woman. And the reason people that I've seen Christians fail to submit, number one, either they don't understand authority and submission. Or secondly, they have a root of offense, which manifests in rebellion to authority because something happened. Someone in authority either hurt them or whatever, and they have a, there's a root of offense. So they project that rebellion on offense to everyone that they 
come in contact with, that's an authority, spiritual authority, especially in the church. Or the third reason is because they have an entitlement mentality. They've always had it their own way. They always got what they wanted. They're spoiled. Welcome to Western culture. Can I expose it? Culturally speaking, one thing I, re- I find in the Western culture, people have a hard time submitting because they just think that they want to have it their own way. They'll try, they'll try to manipulate their way into how they want things. And it doesn't work that way. You have to submit to God's word. Because God has an unimaginable plan for you. Everything God has for you is totally dependent on your submission. Use your time wisely because you will give an account. Submit to authority or you will lose time and you will lose authority. There's authority all around us, right? But the core authority starts in the family. And because that's why the enemy attacks the family the most because when the family breaks down, everything else breaks down. And you have people who do not understand authority and submission, who can't be obedient, who can't submit to God's word, who can't connect themselves to the family of God because they don't have a concept of family. That's why the the attack is on the family. That's why the attack was to look at what happened. Adam said, the woman you gave me. And the woman said, the devil made me do it. It's called the blame game. When you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. You have to take an account of your life. You have to get humble and honest. And and of course, the reason people can't submit is because of the pride. You have to become humble. You have to become honest. You have to face yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. You have to look at the things that are not lining up with God's word. And you have to be humble enough to admit them and ask God's forgiveness and ask God's help to change. That he will give you the grace to change. Because again, I know everybody wants to go prophesy, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. But you can't listen. You can't exercise authority over the devil if you first don't take authority over your own flesh. The number one place you're going to have to take authority will be your own thought life and will be over your own flesh. You've got to begin to exercise authority in that realm. When you begin to take authority over your flesh not allowing the flesh to rule you, when you begin to take authority over your own thought life, not allowing the wrong thoughts to come and become strongholds, then you can now actually walk in power and authority. And I believe the church is not walking in the level of authority that the church needs to walk in because the church is so compromised. Because you can't take authority over the things in areas where you have compromised. That's why you have to get freedom. That's why you have to get totally set free and and, and get totally delivered in your own personal life so that this thing, your spirit, soul, and body is in order. Then now you can step into the realm of exercising divine order over the demonic realm and over the other things around you, right? This is the part where, you know, it gets quiet. Because everybody loves binding devils, casting out devils, speaking in new tongues, jumping up, shouting, hallelujah. Everybody loves the under defeat stuff. Everybody loves putting the devil down, the loser. And then when I begin to talk about 
dealing with things here. Everyone goes, I think he's talking to you. No, I'm talking to, I'm talking to the one next to you. So to your left and to your right and behind you in front. No, you got to deal with this stuff. Because this is the problem. When people want to have it their own way. Listen to me. I love you, but you're not going to manipulate me to get your own way. Somebody's calling. Make sure it's not the devil. Because I think only the devil will call you in a church service to distract you. Listen to me now. You're not going to manipulate me to get me to do what you think I should do. Well, you're a pastor. Isn't that your job? No, it's not actually. I'm going to give you divine counsel based on the word of God. That's going to be my instruction. My roadmap laid out before you. I don't make decisions for people. You make your own decisions. But I give you wise advice. I advise you not to. I advise you this is how it, it The best way is this. And then people listen to me. They go, I know that, but. Okay, I got a goat here. I'm butting me. No, I'm serious. And then they're going to go and do, their, do, do whatever they want to do anyways. And people ask me all the time, Pastor, what happened to so-and-so? I'm not at liberty to t tell you. It's confidential. But usually what happens with so-and-so is everything was great until they got corrected. They loved the church. They loved the joy. They loved roll on the floor, run around the building. They loved everything until they got corrected. And then they're out the door. They're now running out the door. But I don't run after them. I'm sorry. You know what? I'll change. Let me change the word of God for you. Let me just talk to the Lord to just make a special revision in your case. To overlook this passage of scripture here for your sake. Because grace does not cover disobedience. Grace does not cover disobedience. So you, to walk in authority, you have to walk in submission. And I'll close with this because talking about submission to God, a lot of people, there's a confusion about this. Much of the confusion that we see in the body of Christ stems from the issues of failure to submit to authority. In many families, authority structures are misunderstood and family members don't know how to submit to authority. Issues of div division and confusion that we see in the church is because of believers who do not understand authority and how to properly submit to authority. And so before we start to exercise authority, we must first learn submission to authority. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. And then 4, 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So God will raise you up to a place of authority and victory and empowerment and blessing and increase and everything just starting to click in your life when you begin to humble and submit, and there'll be what? victory in submission the devil's a liar because he says that submission is bondage that freedom 
is victory, but freedom is bondage. Submission is victory. And you can see humility and submission go together. So people ask me all the time, well, pastor, that's wonderful, but what is submitting to God? There's three, three levels or three sides of submitting to God. You want to know? First, what does it mean? Because I want to submit to God. What, is, what does that mean? Number one, submitting to his word and obeying it. Submitting to God's word and obeying it. That's where submission begins. Okay? Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your, th- your truth. For you have magnified or exalted your word above your name. So God's word is exalted above his name. You can't say I'm submitted to Jesus but not submitted to his word because Jesus said if you love me you will obey my commandments. Second part of submitting to God is submitting to the Holy Spirit and obeying him. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 that's what I was teaching on Thursday night at the life group I'll continue this Thursday. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are to be led daily by the Holy Spirit. And I know that's a whole big subject in itself. And we have to test the spirits and judge every voice according to the Word of God. Because any spirit that speaks contrary to the Word of God is a false spirit. It's a false spirit. We test the spirits. Is what this spirit's saying in line with the word of God? And again, the key there is the word. (laughs) You have to know the word to be able to recognize. And the third area, before I go to the third area, because the word and the spirit are in perfect agreement. So the Holy Spirit's never going to lead you against God's word. Well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. Like one... One, this big, one, one big uh, preacher in Africa said the Holy Spirit told him to take a second wife. The first wife was in the wife in the flesh. The second one was the wife in the spirit. The Holy Spirit told you that. But I deal with it all the time. Don't be Pastor Vincent. The things that the Holy Spirit tells people. Holy Spirit's never going to speak against God's word. Amen. And the third part of obedience is submitting to people that God has set over your life as spiritual authority and obeying them. This is probably the hardest one. You know why? Because you have to submit to people. You have to submit to imperfect people. And I've heard people say this, I only submit to God, I submit to no man. That's not even a biblical statement. There will always be people that you will have to be submitted to. At your workplace, in society. I mean, listen, you walk into somebody's store, you have to submit to them. You can't just walk into somebody's store and do whatever you want. You can't just walk into somebody's house and do whatever you want. I submit to no man. I only submit to God. You can't just walk into a church and do whatever you want. You know, 
Somebody came here and said, I'm a prophet. The Lord sent me here to give words to the people in your church. I said, oh, the Lord sent me to give you a word. Sit down. You're not in charge here. You do not have the authority, and we do not authorize you to go around giving words to everybody. And don't be grabbing people in the parking lot to give them parking lot prophecies, lobby prophecies, or restroom prophecies. You're sitting there taking care of business, and a hand comes out from under the divider. Thus saith the Lord. That would be the perfect time to flush. I think it's becoming harder for people to understand the concept of authority and submission because we are in the last days. And we're dealing with a generation of people that have been raised up without understanding authority, having respect for authority. They're manifesting anyway. They're not disciplined. And they've been enabled. And they've been just able to throw a temper tantrum and get what they want. And that's becoming a problem. It's becoming a problem. Remember, God delegates authority and leadership to various people. He appoints and he anoints, submitting to and obeying people that God has set in your life to be an authority is submitting to and obeying God. This is the hardest part, right? Because you have to submit to people. John chapter 13, verse 20, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. God expects us to respect and honor those whom he has ordained, appointed, and anointed to lead the church. And an attitude of disrespect and disobedience to these authorities is disrespect and rebellion towards God himself. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Hebrews 13, 8 through 9, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. I see a lot of people being carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods, which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. Amen. Godly leaders are not leaders who are tossed to and fro with every wind of strange doctrine, but they hold fast to sound doctrine. They consistently live their lives based on the truth of sound doctrine and test them, obviously. Jesus also did tell us to not blindly obey authority, but that we will know them by their fruits. And if authority becomes evil, right, we don't, necessarily spoke against in criticism and rebellion and dishonor but we also are instructed not to submit and that's why see that's what people didn't understand the whole concept of romans 13. we are not instructed to submit to tyrannical government amen not even in the bible otherwise daniel would be in sin shadrach meshach abednego would be in sin if government usurps undelegated authority. See, government is, we need to stop calling them our leaders and rulers. They are our representatives. This is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. We are the government. We 
put them in place to represent our best interest. But when they begin to represent other interests because they're paid off under the table and they've been all bought and sold to the highest bidder and now it's all about them, their greed and the interest of their puppet masters who want to come and harm us, we have a right even by the Constitution of the United States to say no to tyranny of government. We had the American Revolution because there was a tax on, tax on tea. My Lord God, how far have we fallen? Now we're taxed on breathing, carbon tax, the green tax. That's what all that's about. It's, it's globalist agenda of the antichrist one world government. It's all about global governance. It's all about sucking money out of the pockets of the people and filling the pockets and the coffers of the elite. Because they can consider themselves to be rulers and within their own hidden circles this is what they think about the people they're a bunch of dumb peasants who can't make decisions for themselves we make decisions for them we tell them what to do and we will use the media to indoctrinate them and brainwash them to obey us that's what we're dealing with until you wake up to that how can you walk in authority as a man of God as a leader of a church that's why we, I, in a clear conscience before Almighty God, cannot submit to tyranny of government. Because I'm a shepherd who will have to give an account for the souls of those people that I have been appointed to watch over. I'm not a blind shepherd taking my sheep to the slaughter. And I'm not a weak shepherd that starts shaking when the furnace is turned up seven times hotter. Throw me in. I'll walk through the fire and I will not burn. Because there will be another one there with me, like the Son of Man. I believe in supernatural divine protection. But that only comes in when you honor God's word. Because Daniel honored God's word, he was protected in the lion's den. Because Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego honored God's word above man's word, they were protected in the fire. So we're going to be protected whether we go through the water or the fire or the lion's den. We will be protected if we honor God's word. We don't submit to deception and demonic agendas. We expose them and we take authority over them. And then, of course, we get blamed for being political. Let it be so. I don't really care. So was Jesus not political when he overturned the money changers' tables and whipped them? Was he not political when he rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Because they were rulers of the people. They were leaders of the people who misled them, who abused them. Who oppressed them so he rebuked them and he didn't submit to them and if they take me by a cliff I'll walk right through the middle of them same thing goes with you because it might come to that it might come to that even here in America because people have taken their liberties for granted. They've taken the liberty for, liberty for sin. 
This liberty is not liberty for sin. This is liberty to serve God and do what's right. Our liberties have boundaries. And if we don't set boundaries on our liberties, then we are unruly, undisciplined, less vicious people with loose morals, and we cannot walk in authority over the devil. Is this helping anybody here today? Hallelujah. So when it comes to exercising authority, we understand, number one, who we are in Christ. What God has made available for the church. Secondly, we must understand God's word. Okay? And submitting to God's word and God's divine authority. Thirdly, we must understand structure of authority. Fourthly, we must exercise authority first and foremost in our personal lives. That, that starts with the flesh and our thought life. Then you'll be able to resist the devil. And then he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got to get people walking in victory. I'm heartbroken to see people in so much defeat. I'm heartbroken to see people struggling so much. Making light of the word of God. Treating church and God's word like something common. These are holy things. We must have a reverence and an honor and a respect for the things of God, for the word of God. We must have an honor and respect for spiritual authority. We must have an honor and respect. I mean, pastors used to be called reverends because they were given respect. Now they're just called life coaches. When you came to a small town in America, whoever was the government leader and whoever was the church leader, I mean, the church leaders were, were, were looked up to. I mean, they were listened to. People, people regarded them. They were, they were considered to be people of high honor and people to lead. So where are the leaders that will rise up and not compromise? Where are the leaders who will be the salt, who will not lose their taste? Where are the leaders who will be light and not hide their light? I'm passionate about this. And I will speak the word, even if it's offensive. Amen. Woe unto those who are offended for the word's sake. Because I cannot, with a clear conscience, before Almighty God, compromise his word. And to give somebody what they want. If I gave everybody what they wanted, we'd pack out three services on a Sunday here, back to back to back to back. Get them in, get them out, just give them what they wanted, just fill seats. Oh, look at the success. Look at all these people we have. Is that success? Is it about the quantity or is it about the quality? We want to have quality people here. Who honor God's word. Who honor the anointing. Not mockers. 
and skeptics and critics. They're not going to last very long here. Rebellious people are not going to last very long here. People who want to come do their own thing, have their own way, are not going to last very long here. And that to you, for those that truly want to serve God, should be a blessing and a sense of safety. Because that's the safe place. every eye closed every head bowed please all across the place before we close out today our next weekend is our healing school weekend it's going to be powerful we're going to focus on healing we're going to focus on deliverance we're going to focus on deep things and a lot of things that i even touched on today because we've got to get people walking in freedom we've got to get people walking in blessing we got to get people walking, healed, set free, delivered, strong, victorious, blessed, joyful, happy. That's our goal here. That's our standard. That's our vision for you. If you don't like that vision, I'm sorry. If you don't like freedom, joy, peace, blessing, prosperity, maybe you need someplace else. But that's, that, that's our vision for you here. Victory. Blessing. Peace, joy, health, healing, strength. Abundance. Growth. Maturity. That's our vision for you. That's our vision for you. You like that vision? Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.